Good evening. Today is March 29th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapters are 8, 9, and 10 in the big book, and our speaker tonight is Marie J. Thank you, Marie J. Take it away. Thank you, Liz, and everyone else for being here. This is such a great fellowship, and I'm really excited to be here. I'm Marie J., and I'm from Colorado. And uh, uh, 30 years ago, I got in program, not in OA. I got in OA in uh, 2013, so I'm coming up on nine years in July. My early years were um, codependence and adult children of alcoholics and things like that. And then there was, in the middle of all that 30 years, I took a 10-year hiatus and then discovered my own addiction and came back uh, through OA, which you know, I'm grateful to find nine years ago that that is, uh, this is my primary, my primary issue. Food is my primary solution to all my problems. And um, it's been quite, uh, quite a journey. Um, so in 2013, I gave up sugar in all forms um, and alcohol included. Um, I had a great deal of weight loss. I was very overweight and I lost 80 pounds. Um, I, my, my big struggle in, in food is when, once I gave up the sugar, it was kind of amazing how neutral I got and how, you know, life got better and the weight fell off. And, you know, I never knew how much I was using food as a solution, like every minute of the day. And I was a snacker. So volume is my issue. And so managing volume becomes a really important part of my life. And over the last nine years, um, I've only had one relapse with sugar and it was literally two bites um, at a meal. And so that was in 2016. And other than that, I've been completely free from sugar and alcohol. And it's just been the most remarkable thing. And I'm grateful for that relapse that I had. And I'm grateful for the length of it being short because it really whipped me into a frenzy of really understanding how, um, how allergic my body is and how damaging sugar is to me. So, so that was just a, a giant blessing. I, I think that I probably had, um, all the same kinds of experiences that everybody on this call has, you know, there's so much that we are similar in. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk more about just, you know, what, what, what the, what I was asked to talk about, which was, um, you know, pick something from eight, nine or 10, the chapters. And um, so I picked the family afterward chapter nine, but um, all three of these chapters bring up for me, the idea, even though it's not said in there anywhere, of emotional sobriety, because um, they all deal with how am I going to operate in the world? You know, once I get through, you know, abstinence is what I do before I do program, because abstinence is, is a requirement for me to have access to clarity and and my emotions and all of that. So if I'm off sugar and I'm off booze, then I, and I don't claim myself an alcoholic, I'm off booze because it's sugar. So um, I didn't go through AA or anything like that. But 
abstinence is what I do in order to be able to work a spiritual program. So abstinence is not my program. It's my, it's my way I function in life so that I can work my program because my program, this program is a spiritual program. So I need to have access to my spiritual self. I need to have access to my emotional self and I need to have physical cleansed. My body needs to be physically cleansed in order to have access to those things. So, um, and, and working this program for me is living in my character assets more often than I live in my character defects or my liabilities. And knowing that perfectionism is my number one character defect, I have to say that, you know, I have to be patient with myself because I cannot live a hundred percent of the time in my character assets because I'm, because I'm in, I live in a human condition. Life is thrown at me. Curveballs are thrown at me and I can't be perfect or I would be God. And yes, my ego wants to play God and think I'm God and act as if I'm God and be spiritually, spiritually superior. And, and that's part of my disease. So really recovery means for me, um, living in my character assets more often than I'm living in my character defects. And just 15. Talk, thank you. Just to talk about um, my defects of character, you know, perfectionism is at the top of my list. I, I, I create bookmarks and laminate them all the time for slogans and things I'm working on. And this is my six step bookmark. And this one's all mangled and bent and everything because I use it so often when, when I'm disturbed, when something has come up and I want to, I, I don't often want to go to food as much because my body is clean now, but I, it is my first thought. You know, like I'm gonna get something to eat instead of deal with the discomfort and sitting in the discomfort of my emotional turmoil. And so I have this here, and you know, my liabilities are perfection, self-centeredness, self-righteousness, self-reliance, lacking trust, lacking humility, a sense of inadequacy, doubt, entitlement, fear, judgment, self-pity, demanding, and prideful. These are, these are things that come up for me every day in my life. Just because I'm recovered, it doesn't mean that that stuff doesn't come up. Um, when I look at this chapter and how it relates to that, well, first of all, food's no longer my solution. So now I have to sit with my emotions, right? And, and so what I'm practicing right now is four assets, and they are tolerance, respect, patience and the ability to pause, you know, stuff a sock in it before I say something I'm going to regret. And so it, um, so in looking at these, well, there's a couple quotes I want to talk about um, from chapter nine. So one is on page 125 and it, it says one careless Inconsiderate remark has been known to raise the very devil. We alcoholics are sensitive people. And this is so true on that pause thing, you know, the pause that I'm working on because somebody says something and it's my husband, you know, we're talking about the family afterward. I have, I have a husband and I have 14 and a half, almost 15 year old twin boys 
who have decided that I'm not in charge anymore. And so it's really complicated. And my husband, you know, he's been fighting me our whole marriage. He just doesn't want me to be in charge anymore. And so these are, these are things like, so now I've, I've gotten sugar and food out of my system. It's not my solution anymore. So when an inconsiderate remark comes up, it can be the very devil. You know, I'm a sensitive person now. So he says something and I immediately react. You know, I don't take that pause unless I'm fully working in my spiritual program where it says we pause and we ask for an intuitive thought or decision from our higher power. And so when I can practice that pause, then I don't get into trouble for how am I going to be in this recovered state? How am I going to be with my family? How, who am I going to be? Because, you know, he still does the stuff that bugs me and triggers me and my kids are still, you know, they can be snotty and yeah, I love them, but holy cow, they're 14 and they're boys, you know, geez. So that pause is something that I have to work hard in on in my recovery. Um, I also wanted to mention, because there's these four things that I'm, I'm working on, tolerance, respect, patience, and pause. Um, I don't know if, if anybody, you don't hear this often in the rooms, but there is a second verse to the serenity prayer. And it's my favorite verse of the serenity prayer because it touches all of these. And it goes like this, grant me the patient, grant me patience for the changes that take time, appreciation for all that I have, tolerance for those with different struggles, and the strength to get up and try again, one day at a time. You know, if I can practice tolerance and have patience for myself and for others and appreciation, if I can live in gratitude on my phone, I have um, an alarm that is set to go off four times a day and it just pops up and it says, you know, practice some gratitude or, or what's, what have you got to be grateful for? Or what's happening now that you're loving, you know, and I just stop, you know, it doesn't mean I have to sit down and meditate. It's just a way that I can connect with my higher power and be able to say, wow, I'm really, I'm so grateful to be on this call right now. 10 left. Thank you. And so that's just one part of being able to stay connected to higher power for me. It only takes a second. You know, people have said to me, well, what do you do if you're like in a meeting or something and, and your thing pops up and it says, be grateful, practice some gratitude. Yeah. Does anybody have to know when, if I just go, thank you, God, you know, thank you, God, for everything, you know, just practicing gratitude for me is such a, a wonderful experience to shift my thinking out of my victim or out of what's not going perfectly. And therefore I have some judgment about it and somebody's got to be to blame because I don't want it to be me. You know, it just keeps me shifted in that conscious contact with God. Um, another one of the quotes um, is about, let me see, here's the other quote. On page 129, oh yeah, this one was good, that, uh, you know, some of us suffer from spiritual superiority with God on our side. You know, I can get into this place where, you know, my husband who doesn't, doesn't uh, practice any program, he doesn't do any spiritual stuff, he, 
he's kind of between an agnostic and atheist and he grew up in you know really religious family and you know he doesn't he doesn't believe in any of that and now he's married to like you know the queen of step two you know i i love my god i love my higher power and you know that's all i want to that's all I want to do because it's so, so much a part of my life, like surrendering to my higher power and letting somebody else be in charge is the way to freedom. So it's just always constantly on my mind. And now I have, I'm married to this guy who, by the way, was married to a different woman for the first 10 years of our marriage. And now we've been 10 years in, you know, nine years in a sober and emotionally, well, as much as possible, an emotionally sober marriage. And so it's, a, you know, I, I'm different. I'm the one who's changed, right? And, um, and I can get on my little spiritual high horse. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I do it that much anymore, but boy, early in, early in, when I discovered the solution, everybody better get on this horse with me and, and do this spiritual solution, dragging my kids to church. My kids are now, you know, we're scientists and we're atheists. I'm like, yeah, what does that mean? You know, and, and I don't care what they believe. I really don't. I mean, I, I've long since gotten over trying to make my family follow some kind of spiritual belief. And just because they don't doesn't mean that I don't. And so we found that balance because of program, you know, I don't have to define what anybody else in this family does. So, um, uh, and then the other quote is on page 133. It says, um, avoid the deliberate manufacture of misery. Oh my gosh, I never read that before. I just never, you know, it's one of those things where you've read it a million times. That one really speaks to me because I can make life complicated and I can get judgmental and I can jump in there and just create misery where there isn't because I'm in discomfort, because I'm not emotionally sober. And so just practicing again, the conscious contact with my higher power as I understand my higher power. I find so many people call and want to talk about higher power, which, you know, I love to talk about higher power. Step two is my favorite step. Step 11 is my favorite step, you know, but I can't tell you what higher power is because I don't know myself. And in the beginning, I, I knew what higher power was and I defined it and I wrote it and I put it in a box and this was my higher power. That's me playing God. You know, I don't know what higher power is. All I know is it's not me. And so the minute I can say it ain't me and it's there and I have a relationship, I have a trust and I have an ability to surrender my will in my life to that that I can't explain, define, or, or help you with other than to say, here are the things that I practice to get to that relationship with higher power. And I'm the girl who came into program and crossed out the word God in every page of my big book. So I did not come in with any kind of relationship with any kind of higher power. And so I had to try on a whole bunch of different higher powers. And then I had to finally let go. And just go, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what you are. So I'm just willing to be here. Five. Thank you. So um, I'm going to take the last five minutes and talk about the very last thing that is in this chapter, which I just love. And that is 
three slogans. I'm, I'm the queen of slogans. I love the slogans. I just have them everywhere. I have them on bookmarks everywhere. And they just give me that little quick reminder about, about how to stay in recovery. And these three slogans are first things first, live and let live, and easy does it, which are really the fundamental slogans of this 12-step program. So first things first, God is always first, period. God is always first, whatever my relationship is, whatever my understanding is, and it just doesn't matter. We each have our own path to finding higher power. So whatever it is, it's always first in my life. First things first, God and then my recovery. So my relationship with higher power enables my recovery. And I can't give to others in the 12th step what I don't have. So if I don't have higher power and I don't have recovery, I got nothing to bring to the table. And live and let live. This is in, in especially in the family afterward. You know, how am I going to be? How am I going to be in the world now? How am I? Because it's different. And the, the thing I just have to think about is Chris is on his own path. That's my husband. Chris is on his own path. Adam and Liam, my twins, are on their own path. Let them alone, Marie. Stuff a sock in it. I can, I've given them all the guidance I can when they were babies and they needed me. And now they got to find their own way. And I have to treat my husband with respect. I have to tolerate his differing views. And I have to leave him alone. Let him have his path. I don't have to be here to save the world. And uh, the last one, easy does it. I can complicate everything. I can have compliance lists all over the place. I can have check boxes of, did I do this, 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 and this? And it's for no good. It is for me playing God. Easy does it. Be simple, I have to tell myself. Willingness is all that is required. I don't have to know God. I don't have to define God. I don't have to know what, the, what, what I'm going to do in each of the steps. I don't have to know anything, how to do anything. I just, I don't even have to be worried about whether I have a relationship with God or not. Just be willing. I just need to be willing and recovery, emotional sobriety, which is where I'm really focused now, requires patience patience for the changes that take time. The second, the second, or the first line in the second paragraph of that prayer and change takes time. I'm in this nine years and I've had ups and downs and I've had issues. And do I want to say I'm recovered? I don't even know. It's one day at a time. You know, today I'm, I'm doing really well. Today's a good day. Today I'm recovered. Today I'm, I'm, I'm connected to my higher power. And the only thing I know is that day, daily connection with this power one day at a time for 24 hours is all I need to focus on. Easy does it, girl. Just take it one, the next indicated action, the next right step, not three down because that's too scary. I don't, that's in the future and, and, and I could get hit by a bus after I do the next step. I could, you know, the world could change. So just what's the next thing? It gets me off of my perfectionism and off of having to wait until I've got the plan, I've got the plan and I've got the checks and I got the boxes, you know, that's just insanity. So easy does it.
there's one solution in my life. The one solution used to be sugar and today it's higher power. Connection with higher power, surrender to higher power. And there's many paths to it. Each of us has our own unique path to that connection to higher power. And we need to trust it. We need not to doubt it because I had to trust this whole messy and imperfect path and get comfortable with it because doubt is a killer. And my higher power does not want this girl to be in doubt. Know that I have higher power all the time. There's, there's never any time that it's not available to me because I'm connected to it and it's in me. It's part of my creation of who I am. I am a part of the higher power. So I don't have to wonder where's God. It's just don't close the door because God's behind that door. Keep the door open. So I think it's probably my time and I will say thank you. I'm so grateful to be here and meet you all and uh, have this time to share with you. Thank you so much. That was, that was awesome. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of us that have lots to say and ask after that. Thank you so much. Is this a Q&A kind of program? Do, do I respond or no? Um, so some people do shares and some people will ask a question. Um, so that's actually the next part of my script. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Leslie, would you please set a timer for three minutes and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. So we will go ahead and start now with questions or uh, shares or questions. Hi, I'm Laura, I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you for letting me do service tonight. Leslie. Thank you so much. Um, Marie, that was really wonderful. My name is Leslie, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and so happy to be here and so really happy to have heard you. Um, I My higher power is in alignment with um, everything that I heard you share and because what I hear from you is a lot of joy and kindness and uh, love toward your partner and um, truth in the relationship and uh, which I think breeds beauty. So mine is truth, love, justice, beauty, joy, and kindness. That's what my, my higher power is to me. And um, I just wanted to ask you, um, what percentage of the day are you capable of managing all of that? Because <laughs> right now you seem so chill and so um, capable of letting go of your boys, you know, spending those 10 years in the relationship where you had that other entity, you know, in the relationship, which is also my story. Um, my son individuated from me a year ago and he's 30. So you're doing an amazing job at 15. So I just like to know, you know, what, what, 
what is it like for you to really let go? And when you, when you feel yourself clawing back control, uh, what do you do to release that control? And I'll, I'll give you my time. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. What very, very thoughtful questions, really beautiful questions. Thank you for the opportunity to, to talk to them. So um, I am a full-time mom. I'm a realtor. I work seven days a week and I have, um, you know, twins. I'm, I had twins at 48. So life is busy. And, you know, how many hours in the day do I have to juggle all of this? And I'm also the um, sole income for our household. So um, what's it really like to let go and, and be in this relationship with higher power? First of all, I never miss a morning with my higher power. So I have a big chair in my bedroom and books and lamps and coziness and pillows in this very special place that I go. Sometimes I meditate, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just write in my journal. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I read, sometimes I don't. And I think the important thing to say is I follow where higher power leads me. I just sit down and I say, okay, what are we going to do this morning? Here I am. I'm ready. I'm available. What are we going to do? It's playful. It's a relationship. It's friendship. It's, it's knowing that I can count on and don't have a requirement. I did a podcast on vision for you called um, um, compliance versus surrender. And it's work on uh, Harry Tebow, who was a big AA psychologist from the 50s. I suggest you all read about Harry Tebow because it's all about compliance versus surrender. And the compliance is thinking that I have to do something and it has to be this long and it has to look like this and it's got to check these boxes. And that is not a relationship. The relationship is sitting down and greeting my higher power. And then whatever time is there for it, and just allowing whatever to rise up and be there and not judging myself for not having done some specific thing that somebody told me I should do. I listen to higher power. How much time do we need together this morning? but I don't miss the time. Sometimes it's very short and sometimes it's two hours because I don't have anything else to do in the morning. And when I get to luxury eight and two hours of higher power, it's fabulous. But do I always get that? No, hell no, I'm very, very busy. But my alarm goes off all during the day to remind me to be grateful and to connect with higher power. And, you know, and I have every day, I have calls either with sponsees or outreach calls. You know, that's a huge part of it. Fellowship every day on the phone with someone. And sometimes those have to be short. They have to be 10 minute check-ins or, you know, I'll have a call with my sponsor. You know, it's just, it doesn't have to be long. It has to be real for me. Thanks. Thank you. Would you mind sharing? I'm sorry to interrupt, Laura. I was just wondering if Marie, you would mind sharing your um, phone number with us. Oh yeah, your contact in in the chat. Or yep. that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. Text first. Thanks, both Leslie and Marie. Okay. Next up, we have Kirdra B. Hi, I'm Kirda, compulsive reader. Um, hi. 
I'm 40 days. I have 40 days of abstinence and it's my second time around. Um, this is my first time sharing in a, in a meeting since I've been back. I've been quiet. Um, but I'm so thrilled to be here and I've checked into this meeting a few times and I absolutely love it. And I was so thrilled to see you, Marie, because I heard you speak a couple of years ago and you talked about this book, The Human Condition, and it changed everything for me. And so when I saw you, I just freaked out because um, I think it was bringing eggs to the hardware store or something such a powerful talk that you gave and you know I'm in the other program and so um you know it honestly that talk was my introduction to OA and I saw how I I, I started to see where my instincts go crazy and how my um powerlessness over food I started it just started to come together it took me a couple of years to actually get it together and 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 surrender um, and be where I am right now and have a sponsor and start to go through the steps. And, um, but I just loved so much of what you said. I, I, I mean, everything I was the girl, I mean, I have God crossed out in my, in my big book too. And, um, or the he hymns, I have the he hymns crossed out. And so this gender neutral meeting is like a thrill for me because it's just like a warm blanket to hear it, um, spoken about in that neutral way. And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, the slogans too, you talked about the slogans and you kind of brought some more power in, back into them for me because I'm somebody who's been around program for pretty much my whole life since I was a teenager. So those things just kind of, I, I just see them as like, ugh, it's like that easy does it. But the way you broke that down, I wrote it down like first things first, right? God and recovery, live and let live, stuff a sock in it. I love that. <laughs> stuff a sock in it seriously like I need to stay out of it um that's all you know you answered my question my question was about what you know what does your morning look like like how do you bring God in for you know first thing in the morning and so um you answered that in the last in the with the last question so um I really love that you created a comfortable warm space for you to connect with your higher power and I'm just thrilled that I got to hear you again I mean I this doesn't go anywhere without me I take it with me everywhere I have 10 copies I give it to people it's called the human condition fine Marie's talk uh bringing eggs to the hardware store it was life-changing it honestly was thank you so much thank you so much I love that book it's my favorite book Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Angela, you're up next. Oh, uh, hey, everyone. I'm Angela, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for everyone doing service tonight. Thank you, Marie. It was wonderful hearing you. Um, I really related to much of your share. Uh, I also came in through Al-Anon and did some ACOA and um, completely stalled in my program because this was my primary issue. And I stalled for six years, you know, just continuing to use the food and um, not able to get through my fourth step, honestly, right? Um, so I really related to that. Uh, what I did, I did want to ask you a question though. Um, I love how compassionate you are with yourself. And um, I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit about how you sponsor 
I'm really curious about um, any anything you'd like to share about how you sponsor. We'd love to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, sponsoring. Wow, boy, have I come full circle on sponsoring. It's such a great question. Um, I, you know, because I came in and, you know, I'm a control freak and I'm, you know, a perfectionist and, you know, I, I totally adhered to the rules of uh, rules, you know, just give me the rules. I'm going to follow the rules and now I'm going to make you follow the rules. So my, my sponsoring really has evolved. And I, I love that higher power guides me in every conversation. So I don't have any set agenda. I follow what my sponsee needs to work on most. And we get through the book, you know, some people it takes weeks and some people it takes months and some people we don't get to the finish the book because we're working on other stuff and we get through the steps. Um, but uh, I really do my best. What I think is because a lot of us come in with, you know, compliance factors driving our own recovery, that's how we sponsor. But what I have found works better for me and my sponsees is that I am just a guide for you to find your higher power. That's all this is about. We go through abstinence. We go through, you know, all the looking at the, the food. We go through the book. We talk about all that. So we do all the things that are prescribed by OA. But my approach is I'm not in charge of your recovery. God is. You're not even in charge. If you are recovered, you're not in charge, right? And so how do we get to, you know, that's the primary core process of my sponsoring is this is a spiritual program. Abstinence is required to be able to do the work. It's not the program. Abstinence is not the program. My opinion, anybody can have their opinion, right? So we're going to do the abstinence, we're going to figure that out, and then we're going to start doing the work. But the work is not mine to do. The work is yours. And the work is, this is a spiritual program. It is a spiritual requirement. I don't care who your God is. I don't care what you call them. I had, a, I had an atheist sponsee who called her God George. That's what I called her God too. When we talked about her higher power, that's what we called him, George. And that was fine and that worked. And it evolved, you know, she found it, that she found higher power in nature and she got, you know, it evolves, but you gotta let people find their own path. Here's my path, that's what I'm gonna share with you but my path does not have to be your path. I don't have rules about how many calls people make or anything like that. Some people need that in the beginning. So I'm not here to judge whether it's right or wrong. It's just that my main focus is finding your path to higher power and then everything becomes freedom. So thanks for that great question, Angela. I'm happy to be able to share that. Okay, Laura, can we stop the recording now, please?